really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Thanks for joining me here today. This episode is uh, really a takeoff in a way from last week's episode where I talked about the difference between belief and faith. And I mentioned during that episode that I would be doing a deep dive this week on something I, I began talking about as the inward arc. And so that's what we're going to go into today, but it may help you if you go back and if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, if you listen to that first. There are also a number of other episodes where I have referred to the stages of consciousness. I reviewed those in last week's episode. The four primary stages of consciousness, the groups that we have active in our society right now, why there are conflicts between each of these groups, and why, in a way, what we're experiencing, the polarization that we're experiencing as a society is actually a normal step in our development and it's happening in some ways because there is a movement toward higher consciousness on one end of the spectrum which is causing a backlash on the other end of the spectrum and it's almost as if we're being stretched uh, from one end to the other and pulled in opposite directions but what we know historically, which I may not have emphasized this enough last week, is that that movement tends to be overall in the arc of history and over time in a direction toward growth and toward higher consciousness. So even though there are times and there have been times in the history of mankind when there have been regressions and things have gone backwards or downhill for a time, Overall, the movement is in a positive direction and toward higher consciousness and greater complexity in our society for humankind. And so in the end, this, this process we're experiencing right now is actually a normal aspect of that development, a normal aspect of moving toward higher consciousness. Um, and for us as individuals, we also experience the same kind of pull and tension within our own lives as we are developing our own higher consciousness. So in the stages that I, that I went into again and reviewed last week, I talked about the fact that the rational stage, which is the stage where doubt becomes active, we become skeptical of our prior beliefs, begin to question things, and we're very drawn to and attracted to tangible, tangible knowledge. And so science and medicine, they all prevail at this rational stage of development and also logical thinking and really adhering to only things that can be measured and witnessed and seen. So the first half of the rational stage of development is focused on what we call outward growth, growing ourselves in terms of our skills in the world, developing our knowledge and intelligence, finding a career. We're focused on what we do, what we accomplish, what we can accumulate in life. 
And the stress, once again, is on things that are tangible that we can touch and see. We can see the numbers in our bank account to tell us how much money we have. We can witness all around us the material goods that we've accumulated. And we value success and achievement during the first half of the rational stage. But as the rational stage progresses, there comes an inflection point, which is really what triggers movement into the pluralistic stage that comes next. And this inflection point is when we turn from our outward growth and development to inward growth. And it really is a big shift that takes place. And oftentimes it's catalyzed by a crisis or something falling apart, something going wrong in our lives that pushes us into looking within. The reason for this is that the skills we focus on early in this rational stage are not very helpful to us when a crisis actually happens because the early parts of the rational stage um, disavow meaning or a higher purpose to things. And those inner qualities tend to be lacking. They have not been well developed. Those qualities and that mindset is often what can help us get through a crisis. But it when the crisis occurs, it forces us to turn away from all these outward acquisitions that we have in our lives that are not helping us at that moment, and to go on this journey of actually searching for what is this all about? What is the, the meaning of this life that we're on? And what am I doing here? What, what's it about? And how am I going to survive this crisis that has occurred in my life. So it is at the point of this crisis occurring that the inner journey or the inward arc, it's called sometimes in integral theory, but this inward journey into ourselves begins. And the inward journey is a process that continues on and on. We continue to work on ourselves and try to grow ourselves in higher consciousness for from that beginning point on through all stages. So you may find yourself to be at a more pluralistic stage in your consciousness where you are sensitive to the needs of other groups. You don't necessarily reject someone who's different than you. You care about other groups. You care about the planet. You care about the good of the whole around you. And that is the mindset of the pluralistic stage. So you may be at that stage, but you are still on your inward arc, still doing work to grow and heal within so that you can reach even higher stages of consciousness. One of the reasons that I, I want to dive into this, I want to talk more about this inward journey and what it requires from us and how it benefits us. This inward journey is so important right now in our society, actually, in order to help us advance as a society and to find creative solutions to many of the problems that we're dealing with. Because prior to this inflection point, prior to the beginning of the inward journey, most of us are dominated by ego 
it is our ego that is in charge, that's running the show, that's driving the car of our lives. And we talk about being ego-driven, which is one of the qualities of people oftentimes in this rational stage that we, we describe them as being egocentric or ego-driven. It's the ego that is in charge. And when the ego is in control, it can lead to narcissism and over-focus on the self, on me and what I care about or what I need and, and inability to recognize or care about the needs of others. And there have been many reports that our society on the whole is more narcissistic now than ever before. But that I believe is primarily because more and more people are coming into the rational stage of development where narcissism thrives really because it's all about individual development. It's all about developing the self and strengthening the self. And so that can appear to be narcissistic, but it's simply part of the pre-crisis stage of rational development. So let me emphasize that not everyone enters into the inward arc or the inward journey of growth after a crisis. Uh, many people get stuck there and it can lead to cynicism and nihilism and depression and anxiety. And so the reason I want to talk about the importance of going on this inward journey is because we may know people in our lives who are stuck at that inflection point. They've experienced struggle and crisis and they have not known how to respond to it and they have not embarked on an inward journey. So the more we know about the inward journey and the more tools we have for helping ourselves, the more we might be able to help others around us in the world simply by teaching them some of the, some of the tools that can help us on this inward journey. So let's look a little bit about, about how this inward arc happens and what it's about. And the first challenge of the inward arc is to confront our own egos. And it's important that we get to know the ego. We have to understand how the ego operates. We have to learn to recognize the ego in our own behavior and where ego takes over and dictates how we treat someone else, how we respond to a situation, how we talk to other people. And even how we talk to ourselves, how we think about ourselves and, and how we treat our own, our own beings and treat ourselves and how we may fail to care for ourselves. All of these behaviors can occur when the ego is in charge and the ego is making the decisions for us. And so it's really important for us to get to know our own ego, how it, how it works when it's triggered how it takes over and takes control and what kind of messages it carries with it. And part of that process is getting in touch with our own shadow. So our shadow, and you can go back and listen to some previous episodes on the shadow, but our shadow consists of all of the past pain and the wounds that are part of us which are actually protected by the ego. That's one of the jobs of the ego is to protect those wounds, to keep them in the darkness and to keep us from consciously recognizing them. But it is the pain and the darkness within the shadow that is often the precipitant of some of our negative behaviors. We may 
lash out in anger at someone and not know where that came from. But oftentimes it's coming from something in the shadow, an old wound or an old pain that is being held and protected there that we're not fully conscious of. So part of the inward arc is doing intentional work on shadow issues, watching out for when the shadow appears, being aware of how it feels in your body when you're acting from ego and when shadow issues arise learning how to identify the emotions and getting in touch with perhaps situations or events in the past that caused some of the wounds that you're carrying and helping you move toward forgiveness and letting go of some of that old pain because that's how you will be able to rise above the ego. So so this is really important work at the beginning of the inward arc. As I said, understanding your own ego and how it operates and getting in touch with your own shadow. So I want to do a little review of some of the hallmarks of ego that you can recognize within yourself. So the ego always fears being wrong and fears someone else being better or more successful or more beautiful or more intelligent. The ego is afraid of, of someone coming out ahead. So the ego does everything it can to stay on top or to believe that it is better uh, than others and also to put down other people in order to feel superior. And some of the, of the hallmarks, again, of ego, the ego loves to measure, analyze, compare, criticize, judge, and argue. Those are all tendencies of the ego. The higher self or higher consciousness, which is the next aspect of, of what we're doing on the inward arc, we're trying to become aware of our higher consciousness. Our higher consciousness tends to be more accepting and tolerant of other people and other points of view, prefers connection and is able to see connections everywhere, sees how we, how we are in tune with and connected to other people and to our planet and even to the whole universe. And the higher consciousness prefers to, to achieve balance in one way or another. The ego values rules, productivity, numbers, fairness, um, especially the ego is always worried about whether or not it is receiving fair treatment. Um, the ego focuses on doing things and what it can accomplish and also acquiring things. But higher consciousness or I refer to this as soul in my book, The Journey from Ego to Soul. But this, what I'm really talking about is our higher consciousness. Our higher consciousness values having a higher purpose that is bigger than just accumulating or accomplishing something in our lives. There's something beyond that, something more and bigger that we could be doing. Uh, higher consciousness values mystery, timelessness, emptiness, and being overdoing. It is how we show up in the world and who we are in the world, how we are being alive in this moment that matters more than what we do or accomplish. So 
this, as I mentioned, this second task on the inward journey, first we confront the ego, but next we need to become aware of higher consciousness in our lives. And we need to be able to look for signs that, oh, there, there is a part of me that witnesses everything I do. And there is a part of me that seems to have wisdom. There's a part of me that is saying in the background, whispering, um, don't do that. You don't, you don't need to say that. You don't need to talk that way to someone. You don't need to do that. And it may be such a faint whisper that we can barely hear it, or maybe we can't hear it at all. But some of us are always aware that like we have a better angel inside that does sometimes give us clues and tells us a better way to behave, but we just may not be capable of following it. And the way I view that, it's because the ego is still in charge. The ego is still very strong and pushing us in certain directions. And we have not yet learned to listen to and follow higher consciousness and higher wisdom when that is present and when we see it. So the ego operates, here's a simple way to think of it. The ego operates by greed and fear. The ego is worried about how much it can acquire or accumulate whatever it can draw and pull toward itself, even if it excludes or hurts other people. And the ego is also motivated by fear. And so when you feel those emotions arise within you, that is your ego pushing you in certain ways and can have a huge effect on your behavior. And you can see it all around us in our society. You can see how greed and fear predominate really in, in our society as motivations when you look at how corporations operate. And I'm, I'm not talking, there are some corporations who are more conscious, who are trying to... Um, to care about the good of the whole and take care of the planet and people as well. But on average, corporations and businesses in our society are really motivated by greed, wanting to acquire and accumulate more and more and more wealth and success, and fear, fear of others, fear of competitors, fear of failure, fear of somehow losing out on something. So those motivating factors are huge in our society right now, but they don't get us very far. And we have to rise above those behaviors. And it's this inward journey that helps us do this. But it is quite a journey and it requires a lot of intentional work in order to make progress on this journey. And I wanted to to bring this up because this is the entire subject of my book, The Journey from Ego to Soul. In this book, I, this is what I talk about how we can work on ourselves to understand and recognize the ego better and better and how it's working within our own lives, not, not with the goal of destroying the ego or even necessarily repressing the ego, but in a sense, managing and, and training the ego because our egos are very important to us. Our egos are the vehicles of how we operate in the world. And we need ego strength in order to go out in the world to talk to people, to give messages to people, to spread good news and do good work in, in the world. So we need strong, healthy egos. And this journey is really about um, 
be learning how to listen to higher consciousness and to become guided by our higher consciousness in a way that helps us manage the ego so that the ego is not always taking control and taking over how we behave and perform in the world. So there's a twofold process working on the ego to heal it, to make it healthier, but to also manage it and developing our higher consciousness and learning how to listen to our own higher consciousness. So in the book, The Journey from Ego to Soul, first of all, I tell stories in each chapter about my own development and how I was on an inward journey after the death of my father and how it played out in one particular setting, um, a clinic that I was volunteering in for uh, women and children who were victims of domestic violence. So uh, they're very interesting stories, but the manifestations of my own ego and how it was in charge in many ways of my behavior as a doctor and as a person became very clear during that time as I was working in that clinic. So I tell stories of my own journey and how I learned to recognize my ego and learn to listen to my higher consciousness Each chapter also has specific tools and practices that you can use for each one of the lessons that I cover on this journey that I have been learning about and can still continue to work on. But practices like journaling, uh, meditation, affirmations, even activities that you can do that can help you recognize your own ego and learn how to manage it and learn how to listen to your higher consciousness. So um, that book was an amazing part of my own journey. Writing the book caused me to look back, to review my own journey, to see places where I am still falling short, where I haven't I need more work. I have to spend more time and focus more of my efforts on certain parts of myself and certain old wounds that I'm carrying that I haven't fully healed yet. And writing the book was a huge, huge revelation to me about my own journey. But I have gotten lots of feedback from people about how helpful it has been for them as they pursue their inward journey and are on their inward arc. And I've really come to see that it is this inward arc, this inward journey of our lives, that is the antidote to narcissism. It is what we need so much more of in our society. We need so many people to be helped into their own inward journey, to begin to look within, to begin doing this kind of work. And the more each one of us gets stronger and stronger on our inward journey, the more we'll be able to help other people. I really have a desire to teach all counselors and therapists about the inward journey because they touch upon it and they recognize aspects of it, but they may need more tools and more skills to really help their clients who who come to them in despair and depression. And it may be that they are people at the inflection point who need to go on the inward journey and need to begin looking at ego and looking at higher consciousness. But if they don't get that direction and help 
from the counselors that they're seeing, then they may completely miss that uh, this opportunity. And sometimes when that happens, I think life be- becomes a series of crises of things going wrong because when we haven't learned how to manage one crisis, we are not prepared at all for the next crisis that comes along. And then we begin suffering with this cumulative effect of one thing after another happening to us and going wrong. When we're on the inward journey, though, we're constantly developing new tools, new skills that help us through these times. And so we become better prepared to handle whatever life is going to bring us next. And and we can assume there will be more and more challenges and more and more difficulties that will come in our lives. So uh, we are wise to prepare. And I, I'm curious about those of you listening to the podcast, if anyone actually is, I don't even know if, if anyone is actually would listen to this episode, but are you aware of your own inward journey? And sometimes you've been on this journey perhaps for years without realizing that's what's happening to you. And when it becomes better defined, like, oh, you're on this journey to to learn more about your own ego and how it operates in your life and sometimes how it trips you up and sabotages you as you try to grow and also on this journey to get better acquainted with your own higher self, your higher consciousness. When when you finally see it in that way, you can become much more intentional about the journey that you're on and what you work on and what you read, what you take in, what you listen to, and how you actually do this work on yourself from day to day, you'll feel less like you're lost on your journey and wandering and have a little better grasp of how to navigate. And so nothing can actually predict where you're headed or what's going to happen to you next on your journey. All you can do is look back at where you've been and assess that and and think about what you have learned and what you've understood, but think about also what is still hurting within you, what is, feels incomplete, what is crying out in some ways for your attention or for your love, what parts of you do you need to heal simply by loving yourself. And so those are all features of the inward journey when you really begin it. And I thought I would talk about this and mention the book, The Journey from Ego to Soul, simply because it, it may be a starting point for some of you. It may be um, the beginning of learning about your own ego and how it operates. And hopefully a, a place for some resources and some tools for you that could help you as you are are on this journey and and frankly all of us will continue on this inward journey for all the rest of our lives because it is the ultimate journey of of becoming our full and complete higher selves and this is really the task in some ways that we're here to accomplish and so we may advance in our development. We may even get to integral stages of development, but we still need to keep paying attention to our inward journey and still working on all of these lessons and the tools and healing the shadow. 
and empowering our higher consciousness to continue to work with and manage our ego drives within us. So I wanted to share that with you in hopes that that would be helpful. And all the things I talk about really on this podcast are things that that I'm learning on my own inward journey, as I said. I'm, this is what I work on all the time. It's, it's my inward journey. And every time I come up with something that I share with you about self-compassion, belief, doubt, faith, it's because it's something that I'm learning in my process of studying, reading, and um, looking within myself and journaling about what's happening with me. So I hope that you will be able to recognize where you are on your inward journey if, if you've started it and maybe you've been on it for a long time. Maybe this helps you understand the journey that you've been on and maybe you will recognize that this podcast is really about uh, sharing with you the tools that are helpful to me. But I would love to hear what tools are helpful to you because by a, certainly I, I have only begun to scratch the surface of all of this for myself. There's so many things I haven't learned yet and so many resources and tools I don't even know know about yet. Um, so I'm in a learning mode and just a student like all of you. So I hope you find this podcast helpful, all of the episodes that I've shared in the past. If you haven't listened to many of them, you might scroll through and see if there are other topics that appeal to you. And especially when I talk about the stages of consciousness and then also about the seven lessons, because that is part of the inward journey as well. So uh, thanks for joining me and listening in today. And I hope you find this helpful. And I wish you well, wherever you are on your own inward journey. And as we as we walk this journey together, remember that we're here for love. And honestly, no matter what I talk about, the thing that matters more than anything is that you learn about love, how to love yourself, how to love others, how to receive love, how to just be a channel, a vessel for love on this planet. And in order to do that, we need to face our fear be ready for whatever life brings us next and just love each and every moment of this precious life. Bye-bye.